The second commandment, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not curse, swear, use satanic arts, lie, or deceive by his name, but call upon it in every trouble. Pray, praise, and give thanks. Grace to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I want you to think for a moment. When is the last time you saw something amazing? Maybe you're thinking of the last time you were on vacation. And you can kind of picture in your mind uh, that, that destination, where you were, that, how the sunset, yeah, it's the same sun that's setting here, but it looks totally different. And, and boy, is it amazing. Uh, maybe your team was the one uh, that won the most recent sports thing, depending, maybe it was the Super Bowl, uh, maybe it was uh, the, the soccer game last night. St. Louis uh, City squeezed out a 2-1 to win. Maybe it was something uh, before that, but it was something that you felt like you were there, and it was amazing. When was the last time you experienced something or you saw something? It was amazing. Our minds tend to jump towards these big moments, again, these, these trips, uh, these experiences, these victories, these accomplishments. But the reality is, we're surrounded by things that are amazing all the time. I, I don't know if you, if you can look out uh, through the, uh, these blinds here, uh, but the sun's not really out anymore, and we can still see. For the majority of human history... That is an amazing thing. Uh, how many horses did you guys ride in to, to get here? The average car that, that we drove to get here, 170 horsepower. I don't exactly know how that works, but to me that means that replaces 170 horses. Right? That is amazing. And we didn't even think about it. Right? The, the last time you uh, forgot the name of that actor that was in that show, and you go, I know him from somewhere, you just looked it up. It's kind of amazing that we have all of the knowledge of the world at our fingertips, and yet we take that for granted every day. In fact, we take almost all of these things for granted until they stop working. Right? When the car breaks down and it's in the shop, we go, how did people live like this? <laughs> when the AC or the heat doesn't work, you go, wait, how long ago was it that this was invented? I, I don't understand how we lived without this. When the Wi-Fi doesn't work, for more than a couple minutes, you go, all right, well, I can't work anymore. We got, let's just go home. I don't know what people, how were people productive before we had all of these things? We take it all for granted until it stops working. 
Think of the last time you had to borrow someone else's phone. You borrow their phone to make a phone call, and, and I think what all of us experience in 2024 is, I don't know anyone's number anymore. You're handing me your phone, but it's of no use. I know 911, which might be helpful depending on the situation. I know my childhood phone number, 8435379, and I can call 8675309 and see if Jenny can help me. That's it. We take it so much for granted that I can just pull up my contacts and look at stuff. Our brains actually work differently. Then they did. There's been research done on this. We don't remember things like uh, facts about stuff. We don't remember phone numbers because we don't need to anymore because it's all right at our fingertips. And it has changed the way that our brains work. It is amazing what we have around us at all times. And yet, until we're, we're missing, until it doesn't work, we take it totally for granted. See, that's one of the things about living in 2024 is there's all these things around us that we should be in awe of. And yet we walk around as if this is just ordinary stuff. Part of living in kind of the modern world is we've lost this sense of wonder and amazement. And it doesn't just happen with technology. It doesn't just happen with achievements. I mean, think about the difference between uh, the, the parade in Kansas City uh, the, this past year, third championship, versus the first one. People go, okay, yeah, we've kind of been here, done that at this point. You, you lose some of that wonder. You lose some of that amazement. It, and, and it doesn't just happen with the, the life around us. It, it happens also with our God. When, when was the last time that we thought about the name of God and thought, it is incredible that not only there is a God who created all things, but that God wants me to know his name. That God wants me to know him. We should stop each and every day and go, this is unbelievable. This is amazing. God himself has told me his name. I'm on a first-name basis with the God of the universe. We should, that should like stop in our tracks, and yet we take it for granted. In fact, more often what we do with the name of God is we curse with it. We, we lie, we swear. It's the reason the second commandment exists. Because we take God's name, and instead of seeing it at this, as this gift, as this great invitation to know God, it becomes yet another way we can make life about us. And yet we take the second commandment oftentimes, and we go, all right, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. That means stop cursing, clean up your language, check the box, let's move on. Second commandment, that's an easy one. But the problem is, when we just look at it that way and say, hey, watch what you say, 
we lose sight of the tremendous gift. The tremendous gift it is that God has given us his very name, that, that you and I are invited to know God. Instead of filling us with awe and wonder, we, we take it for granted. See, our, our text from Exodus chapter 3 if you, when you just look at these verses, you kind of miss out on what's going on in the larger picture. See, Exodus chapter 3 it takes place at the burning bush. So God is speaking to Moses. And what prompts this speaking is that God's people have been crying out to him. They're in slavery in Egypt And they've been crying out, God, how long is this going to happen? How long will we suffer? Have you forgotten about us? And the answer that they've received seemingly is silence. Until God sends Moses back to these people to be their intercessor to be their advocate. And God sends, reluctantly, sends Moses. Moses comes with all these excuses in chapter 3 of why he shouldn't go. And God says, no, it's not about you. It's about me. I'm, I'm sending you not in the name of Moses, but in the name of the Lord your God. And so in response to their outcry, their need, God sends someone to advocate for them. Moses goes, well, how are they supposed to know that it's you that sent me? Who shall I tell them sent me? And the Lord responds with his name. I am who I am. Tell them I am sent you. In Hebrew, Yahweh. Tell them I am sent you. Not I was I was the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Not I might be. If you you guys get your life together, then maybe. No, I am your God. And you are my people. Moses is sent with the very name of God. And how are we meant to respond to the giving of this name? meant to be filled with awe and wonder. God has heard our prayers. God has heard our cries. And this same God, the God of our fathers, is answering. This same God wants us to be His people. The Israelites at this time are slaves. In the eyes of the world, they're worth nothing but to the eyes of God, this God whose name they now know, they are his precious people. What a gift. They're meant to be filled with awe and wonder and not to take it for granted. See, but the problem is, is what happens as we become more familiar with this, we end up losing sight 
of the beauty it is in the first place. And so just a few chapters later, Exodus chapter 20 in the Ten Commandments, this name that they should be in awe of, this name of the God who brought them out of Egypt, who parted the Red Seas, this name, this God, they're now given this commandment, don't misuse the name of the Lord your God. It's not like generations have passed between these. This is, these are the same people. Moses is still around. It's because they've lost the awe and the wonder. See, God gives us this gift that, that we can know him, and not fully, like, like he knows us, but we can know who he is. He is I am. And we're supposed to respond to his name, not by cursing or, or swearing, certainly, but also not with apathy. See, oftentimes in our, in our lives, we can, oh yeah, I have the name of God, I can talk to God. But just like all the other conveniences in our life, we take it for granted. Well, I don't really want to bother God with this. We kind of see prayer as, as a, an emergency break, a last resort. When I was at DCE, one of my youth, we were talking about prayer, and he told me, I'm in high school. What do I have that's important enough to bother God? There's a lot of people that have a lot bigger stuff going on. I think oftentimes it's easy for us to kind of view our lives that way. We, especially in kind of polite American society, I don't want to be a burden on anyone. I don't want to bother anyone. And so we don't bring our burdens to God. We don't bring our, our honesty, our, our anger, our hurt, whatever is going on in our life. See, at times we need to be corrected because we, we curse God. We lie using his names. But also the commandment, corrects us in when we're avoidant of God, when we don't use his name. See, it's right there in the commandment. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The very commandment is a relational commandment. This is not just the God of the universe, the creator. No, this is your God. He is your God and you are his people. It's why Luther, in his explanation, he doesn't just talk about how we're supposed to not you know, curse or lie or deceive using God's name. But what are we supposed to do? But call upon it in every trouble. Pray, praise, and give thanks. You are on a first name basis with the God of the universe. And he says, you're not going to bother me. <laughs> Call upon me in every trouble. Call upon me in praise, in thanksgiving. Call upon me. Whatever is going on in your life. See, that's the gift that God gives to us. See, for Israelites... God, God raised up Moses to be their advocate, to be their intercessor. But for our lives, when we're crying out and it seems like no one's listening, when we don't know even what words to say, when we're speechless before our lives or before our God, 
God sends someone as an advocate, as an intercessor. His very Son, Jesus Christ, who took on your sin, my sin, when we either curse the name of God or when we neglect it. He took that on Himself. He, he paid the price. And He gave you His name. You see, the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is not just this name we praise. It's the name that has been spoken over you in the waters of baptism. That you belong to this God. The name of the Lord, your God. Because Jesus is for you. He is at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you. That when God looks at you, He doesn't see a burden. He didn't see someone whose problems are important enough. And when God looks at you, because Jesus is advocating for you, He sees the righteousness of Christ. He sees the forgiveness of God in Jesus for you. God hears your prayers not as just one voice among a multitude, but he hears your prayers as a father hears his dear children. Because we have an advocate, we have an intercessor in Jesus Christ. For the Israelites, they were crying out to God in their slavery, and God heard them, and he answered them. For you and I, in our lives, we're invited, whatever is going on, to call upon the name of of God. And the promise that He hears us, that He answers us according to His good will. And my prayer is that we don't take that for granted as just another convenience in our convenience-driven world. But that we would regain a little bit of that wonder, a little bit of that awe. The God of the universe has given me his name. He has claimed me, has marked me as his own. And so what do we do with that name, this I am God, our Savior Jesus Christ? What do we do with that name above all names? Well, certainly we don't curse or swear by it, and nor do we neglect it or ignore it, forget about it. No, instead, we call upon it in every trouble. We pray, we praise, and we give thanks. What a gift we have. That God not only knows your name, but he wants you to know him. May we be filled with awe and wonder, but also take that invitation to call upon that name which is above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus until he calls you home. Amen.